once the most electrifying woman in pornography, is now facing false charges in San Bernardino County, California, sitting in jail for almost half a decade without a trial. She's exposing the corruption within the legal system. Calling from the West Valley Detention Center in San Bernardino County, you are listening to Behind the Walls with Mercedes Carrera. Hello, hello. Thank you so much. So I want to warn all of you, I kind of want to warn you off, which I think is the intention of the facility. People who have been visiting me have been subjected to targeted harassment as of late. So just as I've been complaining about targeted harassment at the behest of one certain deputy, her name is Carrasco. She's uh, she's young, and I can attribute the harassment. I think on her end, it's kind of a low hanging fruit issue. She's it seems like it's probably just a, a matter of envy, which I I have to tell you, I find to be terribly strange because when I was twenty twenty or twenty five years old, I certainly would not have been envious of a middle aged woman. It's certainly a middle-aged woman who's incarcerated. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel bad for her at this point. But, well, well, you're still you're um, still really hot, so, I mean, kind of makes you sense. You know what? I, I really am not. I'm wearing scrubs. I'm 40 years old. You know, I'm incarcerated. I, You know, I'm, I'm a woman that's been broken. I've been here five years. I, you know, I mean, I've kept up my figure fairly well, I think. But I'm I'm 40. When I was 25, there's no way I would have been jealous of a 40-year-old. I have to tell you. I mean, I, I you know, it's kind of sad. And she's not, you know, she's not terribly unattractive. She's tall and thin. And, I mean, you know, there's some things that maybe she could improve upon. But if I had access to a 40-year-old porn actress, I would be more like, at her age, I would have been more likely to ingratiate myself with that person and say, hey, give me tips, not not let me be as cruel as possible, you know. I mean, that's not how pornos don't start that way, two women being mean to each other, right? That's not how you attract men. Anyway, I don't think she's figured that out. Well, with BDSM it is. I mean, you know, the mistress... No, it's not. No, it's not. Not really. No, because there's a consent there. I'm not consenting. I'm not consenting to somebody being, you know, cruel to me for no reason. I'm not consenting to this. I'm not consenting to somebody being mean while I'm in a in a in a position of uh of uh of helplessness. Not the same thing. Right? Not at all. So anyhow. So I I had several with several friends. You know, about a month ago, a friend came to visit me who was not even allowed in at the gate. They made a claim that he gave the wrong name. This is a very intelligent person who's going for a master's degree at a very, very high university. They turned him away. Then I have a friend who visits frequently. He's actually family, but more of a friend than family. And they've given him a hard time multiple times now. Now, I... Part of it is this deputy. Part of it is, I think, they're leveraging her envy and dislike because there's, you know, a greater agenda here where... And here's the problem with having 
undereducated people staffed. There's a higher issue here, the higher issue being that, you know, given given what I've you know spoken of at a very high level regarding the multitude of issues with my case and the paperwork. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of malfeasance, you know, and people's jobs are on the line with this, right? So you have a sergeant who was a detective on my case who's absolutely happy to mobilize some very jealous little girl to make my life difficult with the facility, right? And which, I mean, to me, you know, it's kind of a good sign. I look at it as kind of a, a positive, beneficial thing because what I'm, what I'm seeing in this is obviously they're concerned. They're concerned that they know I'm right. They know I'm a, a problem. They know that my case is a problem for a lot of people at the very top. And so they're going to do everything they can to make my life difficult in here, including, you know, mobilize this person who has a tremendous amount of very basic envy. And, but, but here's the thing. I, my friends are successful. All of you who are listening are probably successful. And I don't want any of you walking into this hornet's nest, especially as I come to the conclusion of this case, because they're looking for even the most minor of issues in an attempt to criminalize even my friends. Now, you know, most of the people who are here, they come from a class of people where their friends are criminals, right? So a lot of the time, the people who visit them have they have some criminal history. It's easy to find something on them. That's not the case with the people I know. So they're trying to find reasons. I mean, you know, my friend who came to visit, they, they pulled him over, pulled him out of the car, accused him of, of smelling like alcohol. He doesn't drink alcohol, ever. I mean, that's how far they're reaching. And this is a dangerous thing because in this county, as you've seen, I've sat here for five years, five years, on a case that has absolutely gone nowhere and has no merit to it. What that means is in this county, they can arrest you for nothing. Once, and once they have you inside of this jail, it's very, very hard to extricate yourself. And so I don't want any of you visiting me at this point because I'm concerned about what they're doing. I think that, you know, now I mean, their harassment has gone from simply being targeted and directed at me to now everybody that I know. One thing I'm grateful for is that the way San Bernardino Sheriff's Department operates, they're very much like the KGB of the 1940s and 1950s. They're sloppy. They're poorly educated and they're boorish. So they, because they are so, they, they let they kind of let you know ahead of time what they're going to do. Because they act like a bunch of thugs. So it's, you know, you're not dealing with the Russians of today. I mean, I would be more concerned if that were the case. And I'd probably be dead already. Fortunately, and I, you know, I've tried to impress this upon Americans. I'm, I've tried to explain to Americans, hey, America today is Soviet Union of yesterday. People don't believe me because they still suffer this delusion that America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. It is not. America today is the Russia of the 1940s and the 1950s. There's a great book by Alexander Solzhenitsyn called The First Circle. 
and in it, and they're arresting people who are well-educated, and they're just struck by how absolutely stupid and poorly educated the the police state members are. And that's very much, you know, been my impression, especially, you know, a lot of these very young deputy sheriffs, I mean, these, these are very undereducated people who should not be given the responsibility they have. But they're reflective of an entire society that is absolutely gone to rot. So, and they have been given the the responsibility and the ability to terrorize people without knowing anything about them. They make presumptions that every single one of us who are in here are, in fact, criminals. They don't understand the finer points of the law. Keep in mind, the American system really doesn't educate people anymore anyway. Our society is terribly undereducated. If you want a sense of this, read diaries and journals from 100 years ago, and then compare that to the way people speak today. You'll get it. And Americans are some of the stupidest people in the world. Really. Yeah, I mean, you're right, because I did read um, something about, um, oh, God, what's his name? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. Also, go to justiceformercedescarrera.com. That's justice, the number four, mercedescarrera.com. Oh, Benjamin Franklin, when he wrote a letter, he, to the, to the king, to the then king of France, Saying, sir, this uh, document is a piece of male bovine excrement. Absolutely. And that's how, but that's how people spoke back then. That's what the average person spoke back then. Look, take a look at, if you really want to send it, take a look at the high school exit exam from like the 1850s and 1870s. So this is why, you know, they say, oh, he was a farmer and he only finished eighth grade. Yes, but eighth grade in the 1870s. It's something like a college exit exam today. I mean, listen to how people speak. It's embarrassing. I mean, your average college graduate does not have a good grasp of the English language. We are terribly barbaric people, especially in America. And keep in mind, to be a deputy sheriff, they, I think, go through a three-month academy, and their only educational requirement is a high school diploma. And I'm being guarded by 20-year-old people who I mean, are subject to, to least, the whims of their emotions. At least in New York, you need to have like a two-year degree that's uh, in criminal justice to well, be I, to be NYPD so, police officer. Well, that's then it's a superior system. San Bernardino Sheriff's Department is really scraping the bottom of the barrel. And that you know what? That's not to say there are there are some deputies here that are excellent, but they tend to be the older ones. These these younger ones that they're bringing in. I mean, you know, I'm sure it's for want of finding people who are willing to do the job. But it, maybe that's because they don't pay enough. That's because I mean, they have a bad reputation. And there's a reason for that. And they also have too large of a, of a police state. They hold way too many people for way too long. They don't need that many deputy sheriffs. I mean, you know, it's a systemic issue. And I mean, I'm experiencing this. I mean, they're they're harassing me. I'm a good inmate. I don't create problems. I don't break rules. But they're harassing me because of the whims of this girl who finds herself to be envious. And then, you know, she's calling in 
male deputies to assist her to harass my friends who are coming to visit me. And, and, you know, they're willing to do it because they're hoping that she's going to fuck them, you know, on off hours. And this is the problem with women being part of the police force and part of the, the military. This has always been the problem with women having jobs like that. Because it's, it creates, you know, these sexual, divisive kinds of of issues. This is why, historically, women weren't allowed positions like that, which is terrible when you have women who are competent at the job. But for every one woman who's competent, there, there are probably five or six who take these jobs looking for a husband. Which is why this woman is, is, is so threatened by my presence, which I find to be terribly ironic, because I'm not looking for a husband in the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department. Far from it. <laughs> and like I said, I kind of feel bad for her that she's so consumed. But it also makes me think, you know, that they need to do a better job with mental health screening with these deputies, because to have somebody who's so vitriolic towards a, a middle-aged female inmate who was at one time a porn actress, and no longer is. I mean, it really speaks to kind of mental instability that is dangerous because it, because it just speaks to the fact that I am not safe in her care, and yet she's charged with maintaining my safety and well-being from Sunday through Tuesday, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on a weekly basis. And they're holding me with the assurance that I should be safe here. And clearly I'm not, because I'm being harassed by her. I'm being harassed by her her male lackeys that are hoping to get a piece of her. And also, now she's harassing my friend. That is a, a huge problem. And also, it, you know, it makes me wonder, has she been put up to this by Sergeant Patton, who is concerned, rightfully so, that he's going to lose his pension because he has been absolutely, not only neg willfully negligent, intentionally negligent, because he made a tremendous amount of presumptions about me based on my career, and he's been wrong, and they keep digging their grave deeper and deeper, and they will be proven to be wrong. They will be proven to be wrong in this. Because I, I'm not what they have asserted about me. And so... You know, and you can't do this. You can't do this to people. When you make allegations, you don't follow due process, due procedure. He did not, he did not get a judge's order. He did not do his warrant correctly. I have the paperwork to prove it. And he knows he can lose his job. And so what he's doing is he's attempting to make my life as difficult as possible, hoping I will die in here, hoping that I will be abused in here, hoping I will be beaten up in here, hoping I will be poisoned, hoping I will be made sick, hoping I will be tased. Setting, you know, mentally unstable, envious little people on me because he did not do his due diligence. And that is a shame. That is absolutely terrible. And, so, and this is why I reject any sort of claim that the American system is, is fair or just. It operates just like the Russian system of the 1940s and 1950s. If you want to get a good sense of it, read Alexander Solzhenitsyn. The only difference is that they do not put these people to work. They do not work in the labor system, but rather the middle class pays. The middle class pays to maintain these people while they sit around and watch junk TV and eat junk food. That is the difference in the system. That's the difference.
and the middle classes should be protesting this. They should be saying, why are we paying for this? Why are we paying to maintain this? This does not make us safer because when you put people in here, they do not come out better. They come out worse. And you're fomenting an entire class of criminality. And it does not make sense. And every now and then you get somebody like me in here who does not belong in here, who then has to ring a bell and say, hey, this does not make sense. This is not rational. This is irrational. But I guess at a time when the, with the national debt is $33 trillion, everybody goes, oh, well, that's fine because, you know what, it's all right. We'll just send, we'll send our sons and daughters to be deputy sheriff because they don't need any education to be so. So we're just happy they have a job. Well, let's dig ourselves deeper in debt. The system will collapse eventually. So, in summation, I ask that those of you who have considered to come visit me, don't do so. This is a hornet's nest. And as much as I would like to see all of you, I would like all of you to remain at liberty, more specifically. You know, I think that they're trying to incite me into some sort of emotional reaction. They want me to cry, and they want me to push the button and go, why would you let me see my friends? And they don't understand. I see the big picture here. They've taken away everything from me, everything that was of real import, my liberty, my daughter, my career, my money. I'm not about to compromise my friends and my family. I would rather everybody remain safe. If I can't see people, fine, so be it. But I won't remain silent. That's one thing I won't. I won't do. Thank you so much for allowing me to put this out. I appreciate and I love all of you who take the time to listen. Thank you. Okay, bye. The caller has hung up. Thank you for listening to Behind the Walls on MercedesCarrera.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify. Like, comment, and share. For more information on her case and to donate and information on how to write to her, go to justice for MercedesCarrera.com. That's justice, the number four, MercedesCarrera.com.